Welcome to Coffee with Dr. Stewart. This show will provide our listeners with up-to-date medical information from a leading neurotologist and neuroimmune specialist. With Dr. Stewart's broad medical knowledge, we will discuss how he helps his patients. I am your host, Kara Stewart-Mullins, and I invite you to sit back, grab your cup of coffee or favorite beverage, and let's have Coffee with Dr. Stewart. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Coffee with Dr. Stewart. I am your host, Kara Stewart-Mullins, and we are on episode 49, nearly 50 episodes in our journey here. And today we got a hot topic. We actually sent out a survey to our listeners, and this was the topic that was number one in the survey, the teenage girl brain. It's not just hormones. What's really happening in the brains of teenage girls? <laughs> Hi, Dr. Stewart. How Hi. are you? Hi, Karen. How are you? What a topic. Yes. What a to- well, we did the teenage mm-hmm. boy brain. I know. And yeah. we got a lot of emails and a lot of messages yeah. and a lot of posts about it. Um, so this was the most next in line, the teenage girl brain, which you know a lot about. Yep. <laughs> I don't you think there's one? any man that knows everything about a teenage right? girl's brain. But. Well, that's women in general. <laughs> but, you know, you have a 17-year-old daughter, I so do. you've been through that. And um, I know that I was a teenager when you lived at home before mm-hmm. you went off to college. And you noticed a difference in myself around 13 when I started mm-hmm. being really mean to mom. And... No doubt about it. <laughs> okay. Notice. Let's first start off, though. Um. Adults often tell teens their feelings are at full blast because of hormones. This usually doesn't go over very well, of course, but it's probably inaccurate. Why? Okay, well, it's actually pretty much totally inaccurate. Okay. Um, what's really going on is that teenagers have a lot of growth going happening, and so they're actually utilizing a lot of their nutritional elements. And whether you're using growth hormone, whether you're using methylfolate, whether you're using all these nutritional elements, if you don't have a plentiful supply, you will then start to get into trouble with um, the growth not being as appropriate, but also the inflammation of the body being much higher. Right. The nice thing about steroids, hormones, which is like progesterone and testosterone, is actually those fight inflammation and any of these rapid mood changes that we see in kids. Right. Anything that's rapid is not neurotransmitter based. It's actually inflammation based. Oh, okay. So it's not the hormones that people think no. girls are in going fact, crazy. I always tell people that, you know, if your kid's having anxiety, well, when he hits puberty for a man or right. when he hits puberty for a girl, it's actually going to be better. And why is that? Well, so in girls, progesterone not only is an anti-inflammatory, it's also an anabolic. It gives you lots of energy. But God also has it do a lot of funny things. It actually is a GABA modulator, so it actually makes you much more relaxed and Ah, calm. Okay. Uh, it actually pre- uh, prevents breast cancer and endometrial and ovarian cancer. It does lots of these unique things that God threw in there. And basically, um, the biggest problem that we have with girls is the fact that they have a cycle. Okay. Because the problem is, luckily for us men, we have the same testosterone pretty much every day. Right. The same. The problem with women is the variation in progesterone and estrogen, which goes on through the the, the menstrual cycle. cycle, the whole cycle, all of a sudden, I like to say there's progesterone's a great thing, but there's one week out of every month where you don't have any. Ah, oh, that makes total sense now. Yep. 
Okay. And so the, the biggest problem is, and everybody's gone through the PMS and the PMS of teenagers when you ask moms of teenage girls. Right. And they say, do you have PMS? And the moms are like, they roll their eyes and oh, they yeah. explode, you know, because it, the angst is always aimed at the moms more than it is the dads a lot of times from a girl's standpoint. Yeah. But the long and the short of it is not only are you losing inflammation control, but you're also losing GABA. So you start to see the world as a lot more negative. Oh, okay. So that week is really real. That I mean, week is real. And then what happens is the progesterone actually falls out much quicker than the estrogen. And when you create estrogen dominance in right. those last few days before your period, that's when you swell. That's when you get very emotional. That's when cognitively you can't think. You cry. You cry at commercials. <laughs> you understand? Yes. And so we, we shouldn't be surprised from a physiologic standpoint that PMS is a real phenomenon. It just... It just creates dynamics in the family that sometimes is really difficult. Right, right. Well, let's talk about puberty. I mean, first, let's talk about the difference. How is a girl and a boy brain different in development? Let's get well, the hormones I, for a minute. Let's talk I about don't the like brain. It. In development, it's pretty straightforward. I like to tell people, especially when I'm dealing with kids who have developmental issues. Right. I like to tell them that. And they just, I just like to remind them that there are differences in the girl and the boy brain. For instance, what do girls like to get together and do? Uh, dress up, put dress on up. makeup. How about talk? Talk a lot. Okay. <laughs> but now men, the men would never get together and talk. We might get together and watch a football game and talk a little bit. Yeah. So men typically are visually dominant when they're younger. Women are typically verbally dominant. Okay. You understand? And so that verbal dominance means that their development is a different side of the brain than men. Do you understand? Okay. Remember the book, Women Are From Venus yes, and Men Are From Mars? Yes. So really there's a physiologic difference in the way that the brain adapts to female hormones, the way they, that we actually raise females because we actually raise them in a different social environment. Right. That social environment does kind of lead them toward a more emotional state. Right. And so we shouldn't be surprised when they get into trouble that more of the emotionality comes out and they verbally, they, well, there's two types of women in my mind are for girls. There's the ones that will tell you everything and right. let you have it. And then there's the ones that are really quiet and never said anything. And that's the introvert, extrovert right. type of phenomenon that, that well, I wish I understood better. I, I, you know, I like to hear that because, you know, the brain is the brain, right? Yeah. But these, all these things flooding through the body makes the difference yeah. of a boy or a girl. Well, it really has to do with temporal lobe and limbic function. They're just different in women and men. Okay. And thank God because right. we're wired differently because I think we're, we're actually wired by God to be a, a family group. A unit. So women have, they're been, you know, their, um, well, what do you, their strengths and men have their strengths. Right. And, you know, I love to say during anxiety times, it's one of my favorite sayings, if we're camping and a bear comes into camp and we're all anxious, yep. the women are supposed to scream, grab the babies and run. Right. <laughs> the men are supposed to fight the bear. So we're actually programmed differently um, just because the way God designed us. Now, I might fight the bear and I'm a girl. I doubt it. you probably run. you <laughs> let me do run. it. Yeah. yeah, I would let you be eaten. Um, well, let's get into the next part because I found this interesting, you know, in the... This is getting into puberty, but it's also mm -hmm. getting into the physical changes in females that usually start around 12. Would you agree with that? It's earlier now. It's earlier now. And we'll get into that. But, you know, their nutrition, um, 
And puberty begins about three years earlier today than it did a century ago. For for girls. Yeah. So not I, for not for boys. Not it's for later boys. For boys. And it's usually includes improvements in nutrition that we have over time. I, I really don't think so. Really. I really think it has to do with artificial estrogens in our environment. Okay. All right, well, let's go on that topic. So those are called xenoestrogens. They basically are estrogens that come from herbicides and pesticides because, I mean, I'll occasionally have a girl that's probably nine years old walk in and they're in full-blown puberty. Right. And it'll freak you out because it freaks the mom out. Right. And so the long and the short of it, I don't think we completely understand it, but certainly we are using some what we call endocrine disruptors. Uh, in our in our environmental. And what would be treatment. an example of an, a disruptor? Just a pesticide is a perfect example. Sorry, BPAs in the bottled water. Yeah, and BPAs are estrogenizers and things like that. Okay. So just BPA is just one form of it. There's lots of other forms. So right. when I say BPA free, that doesn't mean that it's chemical free. Okay. And so the long and the short of it is, uh, we really don't understand exactly completely why, but certainly we're seeing a more estrogenizing effect. In both males and females. And what does that cause in women? In women, it causes you just to start your estrogen early. Now, typically in normal uh, menarche, uh, girls start their period, and that's when estrogen really starts to surge. Okay. Progesterone really doesn't settle in until after that time. So it comes in like a couple of years later than that. Okay. And progesterone is really the workhorse for inflammation control and, and all the things that we're talking about. Estrogen is really about femininity and pretty hair and Being pretty skin. Being voluptuous. Yeah, and all that type of you stuff. you have too much. And then, unfortunately, now we have a lot of um, PCOS top situations. Yeah, I wanted to get into POTS. Yeah, yeah POTS and PCOS. Okay. So the biggest problem that we have these days, too, is that um, the ovary itself is a high-energy organ. Okay. It works 24-7. Right. It's never resting. So that means it needs a continuous supply of glucose because glucose is what we use to make energy. Right. And so we've learned that if autophagy, if these if these girls who have problems with clearing their cells of debris, they have the autophagy genes, the ATG5, 12, the and mutations. 16 LE1, yeah. then what happens is because they're their mTOR, their speedometer of those cells are always running, they tend to accumulate a little debris. Okay. And that will limit glucose delivery. So a lot of these women who have really, or girls who have really erratic periods, uh, who have uh, more higher testosterone levels, who do a lot of things that are just not quite right, they're not settled into their normal 28-day cycle, it really is because they're not able to deliver glucose to the ovary on a continuous basis. Okay. So in that situation, that's where we should recognize, and, and when it gets really bad, you get what's called polycystic ovarian syndrome. I've heard that. Or PCOS. And that's just because the ovary is working so hard that it's making cysts because it's just trying to overwork itself. And this is a common issue Very you common. see in a lot of your patients. I would your, say probably 20% your younger of patients. Young girls, yeah. Because like, um, I know that you had a patient not too long ago that was just um, an athlete, but just all of a sudden had no energy. Yeah, she well, couldn't even do what she needed to do. That's more of the POTS phenomenon, which we'll talk about separately. Okay. But PCOS really has to do with irregularity of menstruation, which is really common these days. Right. And in fact, what, what, what gynecologists will typically do, just because it freaks everybody out, is just slap them on a birth control right. <laughs> to regulate their periods. But really what they really need is some D-Cairo inositol. Okay, the DCI 500 yeah, that we carry. special form of inositol, which is the insulin second messenger. So when insulin tells a cell to 
to take up glucose, d is what goes over and opens the glucose channel. So if you add the DCI after a few months, uh -huh. then a lot of times those periods start to regulate better. You'll start to see better immune control. Okay. Well, we get this question a lot because the DCI 500 is just straight d and isotol, but you created the metabolic stimulator Correct. that has 300 milligrams of Correct. the DCI with some other cofactors. Correct. Would you start a younger girl, like sure. 12, 13, on the metabolic depends stimulator? On, it just depends on their their weight. Their weight. It's all okay. about weight. Oh, girls love that topic. So <laughs> and so, typically, if you're under the if you're under the weight of about 110 pounds, that's where the metabolic stimulator would be effective. Or if you have signs of hypoglycemia. Okay. I call it hangry. Yes. Hangry. Where you got to go eat It's now. a real thing. So that's what the metabolic stimulator is really about. It not only increases your metabolism, but it also tends to, to help that hangry thing. But that's for women under 110 pounds. Okay. Once we get over 110 pounds, we typically need to go to the DCI 500. Because that's and what would be, when you have a patient here, I know you do blood work, you do mm -hmm. genetic testing on them. What would you see to call for the DCI? Or the metabolic stimulator. So typically, that's not the problem. It's the it's the it's listening to the patient, but also looking at the genetics, and it's always the autophagy genes that the tell autophagy. you what's going ATG genes. Now, what if you're a parent and you can't get genetics? It's too expensive, or you don't have a doctor in your area. Is it safe to take those products? Sure. This is just inositol is a special form of vitamin B8. Oh, okay. Which is inositol, and Dcairo is just a special form. Okay, so it'd be safe, and right. if it makes them feel better. And yeah. their periods regulate. No, the thing is, the high energy or the high energy organs of the body are the brain number one, right? The endocrine organs number two, and the immune system number three because they're always working. Okay. So they've got to have continuous energy. Now the problem is, our body as we're growing and developing will steal some of that energy over to um, essentially grow the body, and it will let those suffer. Okay. So. You know, teenagers really do not think properly on some days. Yes, <laughs> they we just know that. Don't they all make bad decisions? All of us did. So the long and the short of it, if we can support that and always have plentiful supply, it's kind of like having a full tank of gas every day. You right. ought to be able to drive around and do fine. Yeah. But if you start with a thirty percent tank of gas and you're driving around all day, you may run out. Okay. I, ha I found an interesting fact, and I wanted to ask you about this. So we talked about puberty. We've talked about hormones, but. It said in ethnic groups, puberty tends to start earlier in black and Hispanic girls than yes. in Asians and, and whites. And I was just curious why. I, I mean, know. I know you've done, a, you're not sure. I don't know that answer completely. Um, I will tell you that um, that is probably not necessarily due to autophagy. Um, I can tell you as a general rule, Hispanics have about the same autophagy as Anglos. Okay. But blacks have you much mean poor autophagy. Yeah, poor autophagy. Whereas blacks have much better, especially African descent people have much better autophagy. Interesting. Than that. So if they're feeding their cells proper glucose, it may be most African Americans actually are going through menarche at the appropriate time. I don't know. I have, God would have to decide that for himself. <laughs> okay. Something you cannot answer. Right. Interesting. Well, I know you look at a lot of genetics from across all different sure. ethnicities, so I thought maybe you had some sure. little nuggets that you might know. Um, you know, I want to talk about what we can do because you talk about the, the time menstrual cycle. We know what happens. Moodiness. They're tired. They, uh, they're angry. You know, they, I remember being very angry and wanting to cry and I did cry a lot, but 
stressful events like we just had the COVID pandemic sure. and putting putting them back in there being isolated and not having what they would normally have. What do you think's done to the current teenage girls that went through mm. the pandemic? Well, the biggest problem with the pandemic is twofold. Not only was the lockdowns and, and all the teaching at home and everything very stressful for the, a teenager in right. particular who are social creatures. Right. Uh, but even the COVID itself, um, if you had caught COVID or been exposed or even gotten the vaccine, you basically have in, in, in increased the inflammation. Overall. In that. Now, most of the teenagers did not get the vaccine, but they caught the disease. So the problem is once one thing that COVID does extremely well is set off inflammation like nothing I've ever seen. Right. So once they caught that, you take this inflammatory problem that's already an issue in, in girls that are growing and developing, and you just doubled it, and it becomes a nightmare. Oh, wow. Okay. So what can we do about that? So ultimately, you do the genetics to look if you're going to deal with that. And, and you know, there's been a big talk about mental health being a problem. We're, that's our next well, episode. But the thing is inflammation creates mental health issues. Okay. Do you understand? So we shouldn't be surprised. It wasn't just the lockdowns. They always like to blame situations instead of blaming physical issues. Right. But physical issues, if you caught COVID, your immune system has turned on for many, many months after that in right. a heightened state. And so that will create more anxiety, more depression, more cognitive difficulty, more problems with just general functioning from inflammation. Have you seen a lot of, I'm, I'm asking this, um, I just lost like a third of my hair. I mean, luckily I have thick hair, oh, but this is a- Tons post, of hair loss. You know, and I talked to my um, my hair salon stylist and he's like, oh gosh, it's everywhere. All of them are losing their hair. Yeah, so and we don't- Can you Well, here's what that? I think. So this is a little bit off topic. It is, topic. but it's about women and, and okay. girls. You know. So here's the thing. Uh, one of two things is happening. Uh, because the COVID actually hit the ACE receptor, the scalp is a very vascular organ. Okay. It needs a lot of blood flow to grow all that beautiful hair. Right. But if you hit that with the spike protein, then all of a sudden the you, you will constrict the, constrict the blood vessels and you'll cut off some of the blood supply to the scalp. Oh. And so the hair will fall out. Now, the other thing that can happen, the most common before COVID, the most common cause of hair loss is hypothyroidism. So right. when you stress the body out, if you're on kind of a borderline where your thyroid is not quite as good as it should be, it's very easy to take somebody under a lot of stress and, and create so me. much need that your thyroid actually drops. And so it's probably a twofold issue. Well, then let's lead into thyroid because mm -hmm. if the mom had thyroid and she's got a daughter, mm -hmm. she has hypo or hyperthyroidism like myself, my mom, our mom has it. Yep. What should we look for and what should we well, get so that's done? All gen that's genetics too. Genetics, but it's also blood work, right? Well, it is blood work to verify, but basically you don't have to do blood work if the genetics are good. So you're talking about two genes. Okay. The FOXY1, which is called the forkhead box protein, is one of the enzymes that essentially makes thyroid. Now, some people okay. have that genetically weak. So in essence, in their thyroid, they cannot make thyroid as effectively as other people. Okay. And then we have the deiodinase 2, which basically is an enzyme that uses selenium. Okay. To convert T4, which is the less active form of thyroid, to free T3, which is the active form of thyroid. So those are the two genes that we measure on women's health panels. Okay. And that's a genetic women's health panel. Correct. So if you have a problem with the FOXY1, we typically would recommend you take iodine or, or a natural food with lots of iodine. Right. My favorite is actually nori chips, the little chips from sushi. 
Oh, yeah. Lowest. Seaweed. Oh, yeah. Seaweed's an excellent source of that. Oh, that's good to know. And so if you keep taking some of this iodine, you're less likely to get into trouble, but you still genetically may get into trouble with your thyroid anyway. Okay, wrapping up the hormones, um, you you talked about pregnenolone in the boys mm -hmm. um, episode, teenage boy episode. Is that uh, a recommendation, get the blood work for pregnenolone in these girls? You know, typically what I like to do is check the whole pathway if I, if give I us do a, it. Give us a breakdown. I'm My mom brought me in. I'm a 14-year-old girl. I'm having some issues. My period's not regular, and I'm really tired. Walk yeah, so through. what we would recommend typically is a women's health panel so we could see how all the hormones how the receptors, how sensitive they are. Because remember, the pituitary guides this and tells the ovaries what to make. Right. And so if the receptor on the ovary is weak, the pituitary can be doing a great job, but the receptor is weak, so you won't make as much. And what people don't understand is a lot of it has to do with your genetics. Okay. In fact, that's why hormonal problems run in certain families. Yes, yes, okay? yes. It's not just your environment. Now, the second thing is we would certainly want to check all the, we check the thyroid because it plays a big role. Uh, we would um, also typically check the entire steroid pathway. So we check pregnenolone, okay. we check progesterone, and if and we also sometimes check DHEA because DHEA and testosterone are the precursors uh, to making estrogen. Okay. So in girls who lack um, estrogen balance, we will see a high testosterone. So you see those girls that have hairy lips, mm -hmm. you know, and are growing this peach fuzz on their right. face. Those girls, their ovaries are actually having struggling with energy, so they can't make the conversion all the way to estrogen, so it gets stuck at testosterone. So DHEA is a simple fix for that. Pretty much, and but you just want to. Because that's do a is, vitamin, right? Well, it's not, well, it's a it's a steroid, but it's but a we sell it steroid. at neurobiological. Yeah. And so what we want to do is recognize those girls and get some DCI into them and get, okay. their, get the that energy and let the let the ovary do its job. Yeah. Now, if PCOS is bad enough. Sometimes we have to actually put them on birth control for a couple of months to let the ovary rest and quit working so oh, hard. Oh, interesting. And then come back off and then get them on DCI and let the ovary kind of reset itself. Okay. So you mentioned POTS earlier. Mm -hmm. I do get emails about POTS. What POTS does Dr. Stewart think about POTS? First okay. of all, what is it? Okay, so POTS is called postural orthostatic tachycardic syndrome. Okay, I couldn't say that. Basically, it's, it's low blood pressure. That tends to run in, in females very effectively. Now, there's also estrogen, and estrogen dilates blood vessels. So when girls are young, there's actually a genetic behind it called dopamine beta hydroxylase. Okay. Dopamine beta hydroxylase, or DBH, basically takes dopamine, which is our neurotransmitter, and converts it to norepinephrine. So if that is genetically weak, we don't have enough norepinephrine, and norepinephrine is what squeezes blood vessels closed. Okay. Okay. Now, if you are hitting puberty or you're a teenage girl and then all of a sudden you basically are creating more estrogen and you have this DBH where you can't maintain blood pressure, you not only can't maintain blood pressure, but you also have estrogen dilating your blood vessels more. Okay. And so typical, the typical story is it's an athlete, it's a socialite, it's a cheerleader. Somebody very active. Somebody very active. They're burning the candle at both ends. They're trying to train, and they're on their phone at night and all that kind of stuff. No and next sleep. thing you know, they're fainting in class. Oh, gosh. And they're out of energy, and they pass out at the drop of a hat because probably they're not very hydrated. They also run into the anxiety plays a big role in this. Nutrition. Nutrition plays a big role. And, you know, a lot of these teenage girls, you got to be careful. They're all dieting. Yes. 
big yes, time. Because of social media, making big time them feel bad. So what happens though is some of those girls get so bad that if they can't even get out of a chair without getting lightheaded and almost fainting. Yeah, and I've so, seen that. So what we have to do in there is we actually have to go in and actually help that norepinephrine increase its it's, um, we can't increase the production. We don't know how to bypass it, but we have some new drugs that are what we call norepinephrine uptake inhibitors okay. that basically can keep more norepinephrine there. And then if we also get them methylated and Methylation, get everything just right, then, and we need a genetic test, we can usually pull them out within a few months. Okay, that's good to know. Good to know for parents out there. Well, I wanna just go over briefly, for a teenage girl, you know, the moodiness uh, during that, that time of the month, would the ProGAD enhancer be appropriate? Sure, because you're losing progesterone. Right. And when you lose progesterone, you've got to think you lose GABA. Okay. So when you lose GABA, you're not you're going to look at the world as half class empty. And you're going to be angry. Well, you're just going to be <laughs> irritated. <laughs> irritated. Yeah. So the yeah. ProGAD will take them your, down. Your rose-colored glasses fell off. Oh, dang. Yeah. <laughs> and then what about the full focus? Full focus is always good for processing. Okay. So those are methyl donors. Those are special amino acids. So they just come from proteins. Right. But what they do is they help dopamine turn over. So they help you to essentially uh, make your next decision quicker. And it makes you kind of process quicker. And so anytime you're having trouble processing, which is PMS, and you're having trouble right. with emotions, those two supplements are very good. Okay. And, and touching back on methylation, would it be good to start with since it's a teenage girl with the, the methylation pro topical cream? You know, you don't ever know until you see their genetics. Okay. You know, genetics but it wouldn't hurt them because it's B6, B12, never gonna hurt. It's never going to hurt. But most you got to understand teenage girls need four times the amount of methylation because they're growing and developing and lots of energy uh, I as, wish a, I had it. as a grown woman. Right. So that's the problem. Uh, if you don't have enough, boy, it can really be. A crisis. Well, we know my genetics. I'm a double MTHFR yep. and a, a MTRR. Um, yep. I wish I had had all that when I was younger. I think. Sure, I, I wish had you it. had to. <laughs> the whole family wished I had had methylation <laughs> when we were younger and yeah. full focus. <laughs> we got you there, Karen. <laughs> now I'm better, but I, at a teenage girl, so I'm I'm happy to bring this information because I know how upset mom was in dealing with me and. If we can guide some moms to help their daughter get through the teen years a little bit better, it's going to make life easier. You know, always remember that teenagers, I tell, I tell every teenager I see, if you have anxiety, I guarantee you everybody else around you does too. Uh, Even those people that are faking it. Really? They all have anxiety. Every, all teenagers worry about how they look, what people are thinking. Yes. You know, every teenager does. And if they say they don't, they're lying. Right. I mean, they just do. No, I have a... a Going on 14, he's going through all those things. Yeah, right and that now. anxiety is basically typically inflammation based. Okay. Because the end, you know, remember rapid changes in mood, rapid changes in cognition, et cetera. That's all inflammation. Chemicals in the brain can't change that quick. They take about a week to really change. So when you say inflammation, what would be a product they could start with to, to tackle that? Uh, typically, you'll do CBD oil. Okay. Palmitylethanolamide. The PEA. PEA. And those are the major ones. I did ones. notice in, you, in my 14-year-old, uh, PEA was a big game changer. And it also helped with uh, his growing pains, it right. seems. And NAS Enhancer has a lot of the curcuminoids and other the things. that can, 
Well, it, no, these more antioxidant, anti-inflammatories that can help. Okay. So curcuminoids, uh, resveratrol, things like that can really help us with that. Too. That's why you put all that in the NAS enhancer? Yep. Okay. Well, Dr. Stewart, fascinating as always. Hey. Um, now I understand myself as a teen more. <laughs> I wish I really understood. Right. I'm just well, giving you my opinion. You got a 17-year-old uh, uh, daughter going off to Baylor University, yep. which Baylor. is a She's huge accomplishment. So, Courtney, we want to give a shout-out to you because that's amazing. You're a super smart girl, and we know you're going to do well. Everybody, thanks for joining us today. We uh, are available on coffeewithdrstuart.com, coffeewithdrstuart.podbean.com. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on iTunes. But thank you for joining us today. And and thanks, Dr. Stewart. You're so welcome. All right, everybody, have a great and blessed day.